Welcome to Happy Class. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm a former special ed teacher turned behavior coach with a passion for teacher well-being. In this class, we believe that all educators are humans first and teachers second. We will be sitting down with educators from all walks of life for some real talk about balance, joy, and what makes us who we are. If you want to be your best self inside the classroom, you have to be your best self outside the classroom first. Today's class is in session. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Jenny. I'm so glad to have you joining us today. I also have my friend Katie here with us. Uh, Katie and I met on Shocker Instagram, <laughs> um, and we have really just developed a friendship, and I'm really excited to uh, bring her here on the podcast and talk about our topic. But before we jump into it, um, I just want to give you guys a little background on Katie. So... Katie is a sixth-year special education teacher. Three of those years have been in early childhood special education. She's also an RBT, which, um, for those who don't know, means registered behavior technician in the behavior world. <laughs> she's in grad school, and she's a supervisee working towards getting her BCBA, and she's also a homeowner. So her favorite things are split between school and home, and she kind of likes it that way because teaching is a part of who Katie is, but Katie always has a reason to leave work and to leave her to-do list at work too, which like, shout out to that because I'm a big proponent of leave it at work. Um, now Bandit, her pup is her almost four-year-old Staffordshire Pitbull Terrier and is a huge motivation for helping her get out of work at the end of the day. Right, Katie? Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. Yeah. So um, so Bandit is your dog. Mm -hmm. And we're talking all about puppy love today. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. It's the best kind of love in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I always joke um, and – I, I have a feeling most people listening would know this, but if you don't, I'm a cat person and um, I have my two cats, Gibson and Banks, and I adore them and I will potentially do another episode on cats with another guest another time. But even though I'm a cat person, even though you're a dog person, Katie, we can still be friends. We can still be friends. It's fine. <laughs> I, I like cats too. It's okay. <laughs> That's how I feel about dogs. I'm like, I like dogs. I don't necessarily know that I want to own dogs, but mm -hmm. I like dogs. Mm -hmm. It's a trade-off, I think. I've had cats. I've had dogs. Um, yeah. And it's a, it's a trade-off on like what fits your lifestyle best, I think. Yeah. And, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk yeah, about totally. that a little bit. Um, but just to like start us off, tell us a little bit about your dog. Tell us about Bandit. Okay. Um, well, like you said, Bandit is almost four. He'll be four in May. And I got him at a time in my life when I really was kind of not sure where I was going, if that makes sense. I was teaching, um, but I wasn't – um, I wasn't in grad school yet, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I had had a dog prior to Bandit that I had put down. I had to put her down um, in April of the same year that I got Bandit. And so when I went to get Bandit, I was um, just 
I was at the point where I thought I was ready to start kind of testing the waters again. Yeah. Um, like maybe I was ready. I didn't know for sure. And then I went to the rescue and I saw a bandit and I was like, well, that's it. <laughs> um, that's my dog. So um, he's just the best. He is um, a Staffordshire Rottweiler mix and it, I have been told by many people is one of the best dogs they've ever met. Um, he's just He's really well trained. He is really friendly to everybody. Gets along with all dogs, um, and I just I just love him to death for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like your baby. He is like my baby, but like I feel like some people are weird with their dogs. You know, like where like they like humanize them almost which like fine if that's what you want to do but like I don't like dress bandit up in outfits and like (laughs) I'm not that kind of a dog mom but I do love him and he is a part of my life and who I am at this point um people know that with me comes bandit and if you don't get along with bandit sorry (laughs) we don't get along either but it sounds like everybody gets along with Bandit. Everybody gets along. I have not met one person <laughs> that, like, didn't. Actually, that's a lie. I did go on a couple of dates with one guy that Bandit really did not like, and Ooh. that's why it was only a couple of dates. <laughs> yeah. Now, was, now, okay, I don't know if this is, like, a TMI question, mm-hmm. and you can feel free to not answer. Was Was the feeling mutual? Like, in terms of, like, not, like, Bandit didn't really like the person you mm-hmm. were dating. Like, did the person you were dating, like, want to like Bandit? Or was it, like, a mutual, like, we're good? I feel like he was not um, – I feel like he wasn't a dog person. Yeah. Like, I think he really liked me. And so he was willing to, like, work on it to, like, be able to date me. But I was like, this is not something we're going to get past. Like, Bandit literally yeah. sleeps in my bed every night. So <laughs> – like, so, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to like right it. like if you don't like bandit from the get-go it's probably not gonna work out if I'm being honest because like I want like if I I don't know if I'm dating somebody if I like long term like marry somebody I want them to love bandit as much as I do you know yeah <laughs> which like yeah. I don't even know if that's possible for somebody else to love bandit as much as I do but <laughs> that's what I'm looking for <laughs> right right well and and like I feel like People who have pets get it, and mm-hmm. people who don't have pets might just not. Like, for example, my brother. Like, I grew up. Um, we had, we had fish. Wow! <laughs> and like that's a choice. And, and, yeah, like like it was super exciting. Like we had fish, mm-hmm. and at one point we had hamsters, and at one point we had birds. Mm-hmm. But like we never had cats or dogs mm-hmm. really growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, we did get some cats when I was a little older, but. My brother now has a golden doodle, and he's like, Jenny, I'm a dog person now. Right? <laughs> like, I get it now. And, yeah. You know, like, you either get it or you don't. Totally. Um, but it totally, like, that's so interesting how, like, having Bandit affects, like, dating and affects mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, what are other – so, like, it's very much – part of your life and I have always admired how you tend to kind of bring bandit along on your adventure yeah and like find ways that he fits into things that you would be doing anyways totally um so like what does that look like in terms of bandit fitting into 
like your life and your lifestyle and your relationships and like things like that. Yeah. So I think um, it was a big adjustment for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, it was a big adjustment to go from having a senior dog to having a puppy. Because when I had my prior dog, she was already a senior dog when I found her. Um, And so I was like glued to my house. If that right. makes sense. Because she couldn't really go anywhere. Um, and so it was I was always worried about like making it home so that Kylie, my prior dog, like could go out or I needed to feed Kylie. And that still is a consideration, obviously. Um yeah. like I am concerned about getting back to the house and like making sure I can feed the dogs and making sure I can let them out and all of that. Um and I I, I think when I got banded, it was it was a shift because I realized having an animal doesn't mean that you have to be glued to your house. Mm, yeah. Um, having an animal might mean that you just have an extra thing with you, you know, like an extra not person, obviously, because he's an animal. But like, yeah, <laughs> right, like, right. You have your animal with you when you go places. So, yeah. um, I think what really shifted it for me was when Bandit was about six months. Um, I so myself and my I have a friend that lives in Colorado, and she has a dog, and she's a really good friend of mine, and she knows my mom also. And when Bandit was about six months old, um, that December, we took him with us and we went and visited my friend in Colorado. And that's like a 16 and a half hour drive from San Antonio, mm-hmm. Texas. And he did great. Um, like literally he would sleep in the back seat. I had the hammock for him and he would sleep in the back seat and he would get up and like be restless when he needed to go potty and we would stop and let him out. He would get out. So like bandit knows how to pee on command. (laughs) Like that's (laughs) that's like something that people are always kind of shocked by, but he really does. Like if I let him outside and I tell him go potty, he'll go like within 10 seconds, he'll start like he'll squat and go. Um, and so now, now did, did you train that intentionally? I did. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. You go girl. 100%. Um, and so we would let him out and then we would hop back in and we, we would keep going and we did the drive in one day and, um, bandit did amazing. And I think that kind of lit, like lit up a light bulb inside of my brain that was like, Oh, like bandit can go with you. You don't have to worry about like finding somebody to watch him because he can go with you. Now, obviously not every vacation I've been on in the last four years has bandit gone with me, but Um, but I would say a a lot of them he has, he, um, I've gone camping with him. He went with me to Colorado that one time, um, the summer of 2020, when we shut down for COVID, we drove across to California and we spent two weeks in Lake Tahoe quarantining, um, so that we could go see my grandparents and bandit with went with me and my mom for that. Um, and it was great. Like he got to spend two weeks in Lake Tahoe at, like at our family's cabin and he was off leash the majority of the time. Um, and I think like, I've just realized that it doesn't have to limit your travel. Like you're, I'm still able to live a really full life, even though I have an animal. Um, and I don't have to feel guilty about leaving him at home because I don't. Like, he, yeah. he just goes with yeah. me. Um, yeah. 
And then I would say like other areas of my life that having Bandit has really impacted has been my social circle. Um, I always <gasps> I wanted to ask about that. Yeah, so I feel like the majority of my social life occurs at the dog park. <laughs> I love it. Um, so it was that same trip to Colorado where I like I had never even been to a dog park before I got Bandit. Yeah. Um, and when we were in Colorado, my friend who lives there, she lives in Estes Park and. Um, she doesn't have a backyard. And so she takes her dog to the dog park mm-hmm. like twice a day. She's mm-hmm. retired. Um, and so Bannett and I would go with her and Coda to the dog park. And while we were there, I was like, you know, I should look around and see if there are any dog parks near my house. And there was one that was like right by me. Um, and it was like not a great dog park. But then I found this one dog park here in San Antonio that is amazing. It's like big and it's it's not like fancy. Um, it's in a really fancy part of town, but it's not like a fancy dog park. It doesn't have a lot of like equipment for the dogs, but it's really big. And so it gives them a lot of space to like run around and you can throw a ball. And yeah. while like when I first started going there, um, so I started going like when we came back from that Colorado trip. So that was Christmas break. And then I kept going pretty continuously on the weekends. And then I finally started going in the evenings. And when that happened, I kind of locked in with this circle of people that were regulars every evening. And so, so yeah, we would like all sit together. And now we literally like we get together at least once a week outside of the dog park. And then we have what we call backyard dog parks where we just hang out at somebody's house and we bring all our dogs and all our dogs are in the backyard and we just like sit and drink in the backyard, which is great. Um, that's so cute. Yeah. And I mean, there's like, it's probably like 10 of us. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty large, like kind of core circle of people. And it's, it just really provided me with, um, like when things started going downhill at my prior job, um, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't feeling really locked into community there, it gave me a sense of community outside of work to look forward to. Yeah. And that's like so powerful. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, that's what happy class is kind of all about. Mm-hmm. Like for the people who are listening, like if you're not a dog person, like that's okay. But how can you like find purpose outside yeah. of work? Like, w- like when work goes away, mm-hmm. what is, what is left? Mm-hmm. And I think it's really powerful that you found that circle in such a cool and unique way. And, and just a little story, my husband's grandfather, um, they, uh, lived down the shore in New Jersey Mm -hmm. and they were very involved, particularly his grandfather more than his grandmother were very involved in the dog park in their little small Mm -hmm. beach town. And they got older and moved closer. And the hardest part for him was leaving his dog park friend. Yeah. Like it, it really was. Like those were his people. Yeah. When he, when they lived there. And I mean like there's people at the dog park that like if I was stranded in the middle of nowhere at 2 a.m., I could call them and they would come. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like I'm just so grateful. And I never That's would have awesome. had that without – without bandit. (laughs) Right. Right. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, now again, like I'm approaching this from a cat owner's perspective Mm -hmm. and it's, it's the same and it's different, but like, I know for me, when I have a tough day 
of work. I sometimes come home and I think I've put like stories on Instagram of this happening. I'll come home and I'll just like lay on the floor Mm -hmm. and my cats will just know. Yeah. And they'll come over and they'll just snuggle right up against me. And it's like this little bit of like, just giving me what I need in that moment. Mm-hmm. Is, is Bandit kind of the same way for you? Like, can he kind of read your moods and stuff? Totally. And I think, like, vice versa. Like, I think mm, he yeah. has times when he doesn't want – like, there are times when he's, like, willing to snuggle and times when he's not. And, oh, I mean, yeah. when I say snuggle, like, if you don't follow me on inst- on Instagram, <laughs> you don't know. But, like, when I say snuggle, I legit mean snuggle. Like – this is the cuddliest dog I've ever met in my entire life. Um, he just, like, he will. He'll come and curl up, like, right beside me in bed. And um, part of me, like, from the the behaviorist perspective, I'm like, okay, is it really that he's giving me what I need or because, like, he senses it or whatever? Or is it just because I've, like, conditioned him to – like to do those things yeah. when I'm yeah, feeling yeah, yeah. certain ways. And so now he just does it. Do you know right. What I mean? Yeah. No, I totally know what you mean. And I, I often wonder the same thing. Like is me coming home from work crying like a discriminative stimulus yeah. that I'm more likely to pet them? It's like <laughs> an know? antecedent that like you will get attention if you come near me. Yes. Yes. And for anybody listening who's like, what in the world are they talking about? Um, Because Katie and I are both in like, yes, we're in special education and yes, we're in education as a whole. And uh, we're both in in, like the behavior side of things. So if we throw out some behavior words, just like DM us, we'll tell you what we mean. We sure will. Um, (laughs) We we sure will. We can talk for five hours about it if you want to. In fact, we have, but I digress. Um, But no, I think that's a really, that's a good point um, that, you know, they are uh, animals and it is like a a tough difference to kind of know, like, okay, is it just like the natural contingencies and like the natural things in the environment and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's reinforcing Mm -hmm. for them um, or is it like the emotional side? Is it the private events? Are they, yeah. you know, do they love us? And and I think, I think my cats love me. Yeah, I think it's. Totally I, I both. very much think my cats love me. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's both. You know, and yeah. um, this this kind of like train of thought is making me like I want to just make it clear that there was a period of time where Bandit did not give me as much as he gives me now. There was a point of time where he was definitely taking more energy from me than he was giving me. Um, And that was, you know, I was in a season where I was able to provide him with that attention that he needed. I mean, we went to training at Petco every Saturday for almost two years when he was a puppy. And that contributes to how well-trained he is now. And how much of a um, a comfort and a good companion he is now, but there yeah. that that was not always the case. Like I remember, there was a weekend when he was a puppy where I literally locked like locked him in his kennel, not like for like twenty four hours at a time. I would yeah, let him no, out no, to no. go to the bathroom. I would let him out and I would play with him. But he spent the majority of that weekend in his kennel for his own safety from me. 
Yeah. He was so annoying as a puppy. You know what I mean? Um, right. And so I think it is – it's a trade-off. Like you have to really invest that time on the front end to yield the benefits later on. But for me, it was so worth it. Um, and yeah. it just – like he's just an amazing dog that – like I can't even – I can't even like start to think about when he's not here anymore because I'll start crying. Um, but like he just has contributed so much to my life. Um, yeah. yeah. Does he have any like – because I'm trying to get you to not cry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> does he have any like little like quirks or like super funny things that he does? Um, so I think he's like a hilarious dog. And so when we're at the dog park, if he knows he's in trouble and he does, because he understands when I'm upset with him and usually it's because he's trying to mount other dogs and like assert his dominance. And I'm like, bandit, get over here. (laughs) Um, but like he knows when he's in trouble and he will literally like run away from me and go and hide behind other people um to like get away from me and so then I have to like legit put him in timeout like at first I was just getting after him so he would stop doing the thing I didn't want him to do but then he didn't listen and that made it worse so now like I have to do something to make you listen because like you gotta listen dude um right but he does that and then I just think that he's I don't know like He'll, like, have conversations with me where, like, I'll tell him something and then he'll bark at me. And then I'll tell him something else and he'll bark at me again. Um, That's great. That's so great. And then he has some some pretty good tricks. Um, so he knows circle. So, like, he'll walk around in a circle if you tell him circle. And then he knows the command head down because I taught it to him as a replacement behavior when he was a puppy for biting. Well, not replacement behavior. Oh. Um, a uh, – a what DRO? Yeah, DRA, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just like I needed him to have something different that he could do, an incompatible behavior. There you go. That's the yes. There we are. Um. So yeah, I taught it to him as an incompatible behavior because if his head is all the way down on the ground, then he can't be biting me. <laughs> yep. Um. And so he knows that one, and everyone thinks that one is really funny, but he's just like a really friendly dog yeah and and I think that's where how we were talking about the whole like how much of it is like their connection with us and their reading of our emotions and their emotions and whatever versus how much of it is trained like you can't train a personality no right no and so you know all I will say as somebody who's not like a diehard dog person um all of the positive experiences that I have had with dogs have been well-trained dogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but regardless of training, like there's still going to be that personality that shines through. Yeah. And I always love in your stories and like seeing how Bandit is so snuggly and interactive and like he likes other dogs. Like you can't train him to like other dogs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, you got a good one, Katie. I did. I always say that it was a combination of like I lucked out on his temperament and I also yeah. did a lot of hard work with him in training. Um, it, yeah. it's, it's like a combo of those two things. So I think, um, yeah, 
He's just, he's really cool. And I really hope you get the chance to meet him one day because I think you would really like him. I know. I hope I do too. Okay. So what about the person who's listening and who's like, oh, like, this is so great. Like, I totally want to get a pet. I want to get a dog. Mm -hmm. I want to get a cat. I want to get a bird like Mm -hmm. I had when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, how would you help someone decide if that's right for them. Cause like you said, it, it, it is a life change. Yeah. It is something you have to like consider and take seriously. Yeah. Right? I think the big thing is, are you willing to be home by a certain time every day? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and this is especially if you're single, um, yeah. you know, cause I'm single. I live alone. I don't have somebody that can feed the dogs for me. If, I don't make it home by a certain time. So you got to be willing to have like to have, you have to be willing to come home by a certain time every day. Um, And I would say you also have to be willing to plan for how your life will impact that animal. Um, And I think like I don't know. I think a great way to do that is to get on with your local like animal care services or your local Mm -hmm. um, animal nonprofit because a lot of times you can foster animals. So I have a foster dog right now. Her name's Pepper. Um, And it's a long story. I'm not going, I'm not fostering through an organization, but I, um, I took her in about a year ago and I've been fostering her ever since. And um, I think that is not all fosters are like a year long like that. A lot of times if you do it through an organization, it'll be a short amount of time. And that's kind of yeah. a way for you to get it, maybe like a litmus test of whether it's a good lifestyle for you. Um, mm, that's really good advice. Yeah. You can maybe like just try it out. And if you do like it, you don't have to commit to having like a whole animal that belongs to you for the rest of its life. Like you could just continue to foster and that's a great way to give back. Um, or you might decide that like maybe fostering is too hard. Like maybe giving them up after six weeks is really difficult for you and you do want an animal for a long time. Um, and then, then you can make that commitment. But, um, but I would just say like, you have to be willing you have to be willing to make compromises in your life because there are some things that I don't do because I have banned it. Um, and there are times that I've wanted to do stuff and I haven't been able to because I have banned it. And so um, there, there's that. But for me, what but I, is it worth it? Yeah, for me, it, for <laughs> me, it is. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think like he just gives me consistency in my life um, mm-hmm. that I. You know, like I have ADHD, I struggle with depression, anxiety. And so for me, like having an animal that needs me to get up by seven o'clock every day so that I can let him out, that's good for me. Um, Yeah. Some people wouldn't like that. Some people would want to be able to sleep until 11 o'clock on the weekends because that's the only time they can. But for me, if I sleep until 11 o'clock on a Saturday, then I'm like, there's no in between. Like, I'm not going to sleep till 11 o'clock. I'm going to sleep until three in the afternoon. Um, you know, like it's either I get up at seven or I sleep forever. So, um, for me, it's, he's provided me with some really good consistency in my life that I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have had otherwise. Um, there's, there, there's built in accountability with a, with an animal, especially with a dog. Um, and like I said, I've had cats and I've had dogs and I feel like 
a dog provides a little bit more accountability than on a day-to-day basis than a cat does because the cat will pretty much be happy if um you know in, in my experience they'll be happy girl if you're hanging around if you're not hanging around whatever like you don't know my cats I know you're talking <laughs> real needy my cats are needy and I love that they're needy but my cats are also okay so this is this is kind of a good um segue into that conversation Mm -hmm. so Gibson and Binks are Balinese cats Mm -hmm. um they're hypoallergenic but prior to them when my husband and I first got married I always knew that like I was a cat person I wanted to get cats Mm -hmm. um and kind of how you were saying like oh you can foster We weren't at a place to foster, but I wanted to just, like, be able to be around animals. Mm -hmm. And I was really big into community service, um, particularly in college. Mm -hmm. And I um, would volunteer at a cat shelter near us cleaning out the cat cages, like, once every other week, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so when I would go, I would just – play with the cats I would let them out of their cages for a little bit it was at like a local pet store so um you know they were on display for short periods of time basically the foster parents would bring them in put them in the cages for like the weekend or something Mm -hmm. and then take them home throughout the week in hopes that maybe on the weekend somebody would swing by see them adopt them you know etc and so I was always I was one of the Sunday morning people and I would get up and I would go before church and that's where I fell in love with our first cats, Pip and Clem. Mm, and mm-hmm. when I was cleaning cages, I remember this brother and this sister, and they were just the sweetest cats, like, in the whole yeah. world. They were so sweet. And long story short, they had a genetic disease, and we um, adopted them, but they both were put down within a year mm-hmm. of us adopting them and it was horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it took us a while to feel ready to bring more cats home. Um, and we knew that when we did get cats again, that we really wanted to make sure that they were healthy. Um, yeah. And we also um, learned through having Pip and Clem that my husband does have a cat allergy. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to get ones that were hyperallergenic. Mm-hmm. And so our cats are being like Balinese, being like a bread cat. They are very, very big personalities. Yeah. <laughs> They're very needy. Like we often joke that they are like dogs in cats bodies just yeah. simply because their personalities are so big. And so they're the type that if we aren't up feeding them by 7 a.m. on the weekend, they're, like, literally laying across our face and, like, meowing at us. Yeah. Like, why haven't you fed me yet? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll wake up sometimes and Bandit will be, like, hovering over me. And I'm like, dude, that's creepy. Like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like. Yeah. We're just, like, panting in my ear. And I'm like, dude, can you not? Um. Well, they're they're both big personalities, but Gibson is a little bit more laid back. Binks is much more mischievous, and mm-hmm. Binks will literally like stick his paws in your mouth or like oh in your ear, God. like while you're sleeping. If he like wants you to wake up this morning, he was um purring while meowing because oh he goodness. was so happy that my husband was home this morning and no. wasn't going to work. That he was like literally like crying he was so happy oh goodness well that is kind of an exciting thing I'm sure you were excited too (laughs) I was trying to sleep through it I was like 
Can you take him somewhere? <laughs> You're like, get, get your child. Get, get him. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, certainly there are very much some cats who are laid back. Mm-hmm. My cats are not yeah. those cats. Yeah, I just, I feel like all the cats I've owned, but we've always free fed our cats too. So like they, yeah. they would holler yeah. at us if their bowls were empty, but usually not much else. And they would like yeah. come around for like precisely 3.7 pets and then <laughs> and then leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but I but I say that on this topic of like, you know, the idea of fostering mm-hmm. is that like you can even just go volunteer at a shelter. Totally. You know, and and you might go in, oh, I just like being around pets. I'm not in a place to have a pet myself, but I just like being around them. And then you might find one that you just like fall in love with and can't part with. Yeah. And the rest is history. And your life is better or, for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or I also know some people who will only foster at like certain times of the year or certain like seasons of life. Yeah. Or they're like, okay, I can't have, I can't commit to having a dog for the next 15 years, but I can commit to this summer between school years. Right. Right. Fostering a puppy. I think fostering is a great option for teachers um, that Mm -hmm. at at the very least want to try it out. Um, Yeah. Because you, we do have those summers and we are able yeah. to have a little bit more time to dedicate. But like you said, even just finding your local animal shelter and um, volunteering is great. Like they need volunteers to go and yes. play with the animals and walk the animals. And if you have the time, that would be a great contribution um, mm-hmm. and I, I would really encourage anybody to do that. And I think in my opinion, it would make your life better too, because then you're around animals and, um, there's, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I should have done a little research before this podcast. I could like pull out numbers, but I'm sure <laughs> that there has been research that shows that being around animals boosts serotonin levels. Like you just feel better when you're able to like care for something, um, right. That that sense of like purpose yeah. and something bigger than just yourself. Totally. You know? Totally. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And there's so many ways to volunteer with animals mm-hmm. um, and foster and just to kind of get, get your toes wet. So, I mean, this is happy class. We always leave with homework. Mm-hmm. So, Katie, what is kind of our homework this week in terms of like a first step that educators might take? to figure out like, should they get a pet? Is this like, is this for them? Is this something that's going to help them live their best life outside of the classroom? Like what's going to be their action step to help them figure that out? I would say like find a friend that has a pet and go hang out. Yeah. And then it's like low stakes. You can um, go under the guise of spending time with your friend. (laughs) In fact, you are there to pet their dog. Um, but I think that would be great. Or you could, um, volunteer to watch a friend's animal while they go out of town for a weekend, you know, um, or a night or whatever, like you could pet sit for a weekend. Um, I think anything that is short term is going to be lower stakes. You're not going to feel as anxious about it. Um, and I think, Every time I've gotten a pet, I've known that it was the right decision. Mm-hmm. Like I've so kind of 
kind of trust your gut. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. if you're feeling any kind of hesitation, that probably speaks volumes mm-hmm. that maybe you're not ready just yet. Yeah. Yeah. But that there's still ways to incorporate animals into your life and incorporate puppies into your life. Yeah. So that totally. like they can bring you that joy and they can be um, a really good outlet for you. Totally. Just in general. So cool. I love it. So I always tell people, Katie, that um, whatever homework they get, that they can share out their kind of homework assignment on social media Mm -hmm. and they can use either hashtag happy class, hashtag more than a teacher. They can tag me. They can tag you, Mm -hmm. which by the way, your Instagram handle is at spot on special ed, Correct. right? Yes, ma'am. Perfect. And, you know, you'll be tagged in show notes and all that lovely stuff for people too. Mm-hmm. But um, if you do decide to like foster or volunteer or like Katie said, go visit a friend or whatever, or you just want to show off your pet that you already have, um, feel free to like connect with us there and to share those things. This is all about community and who we are outside of the classroom. So we'd love to see your lovely faces and your pet's faces. Yes, absolutely. And Katie and I will be sitting there scrolling through with like hard eyes over all of your adorable. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Katie. And uh, we're excited to connect with all of you and your pets on social media soon. Yep. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, girl. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today, friend. Be sure to head over to our Instagram at happyclass.pod to connect with me and today's special guest. Also, help a girl out and leave us a review. This gets the word out that we are all hashtag more than a teacher. Finally, do you know someone who you think would just be the perfect future guest? Please send me an email to jenny at bravingbsel.com so I can go hit them up. All right, we'll see you next happy class.